Welcome to the Globig Podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Welcome to the Globig Podcast. This is Anka Corbin, and today we're going to talk about attracting, hiring, and keeping global millennial employees. All three aspects of this are hard and, frankly, getting harder. And companies need to consider how to be good at each one of these pieces. So to set the stage, though, there are some really significant trends to consider. I mean, one is obviously the increased competition globally. But another one is that after trending up for several years, this year, for the first time in a long time, millennials' views about companies' motivations and ethics, they took a sharp turn downward. So less than half think that businesses actually do behave ethically and are even concerned with improving society at all, which of course is really important to millennials. And globally, not just in the U.S., but globally, millennials' confidence in and opinions about businesses are declining. They're pessimistic about political and social progress. They're concerned about safety, social equality, and environmental sustainability. Um, While they might be optimistic about the economy, it just isn't enough for them to be loyal to a company or to want to stay working there or even work there in the first place. Our guest today is Adam Sheffield, the CRO of the Global Upside Group, which includes Global PEO Services, Gava Talent Solutions, and Mihi HCM Technology. They're the world's leading providers of HR, payroll, accounting, finance, compliance, and talent acquisition services. So Adam, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Yes, thanks for having me today. Yeah, so with that uh, really challenging environment, let's start with how do companies attract people globally? I mean, like what are those kind of initial things? And then, of course, those fade really quickly, right? So what are they doing to really get the best talent? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot about it. It's been predicted for years about the war on talent and and, you know, if it's actually going to show up, uh, you know, I think during the recession, um, there was some question that that was actually really a, a concern. I think today we're definitely feeling that. Companies are feeling that across the globe. We have baby boomers that are retiring. Um, there's a, a lack of, of scarcity of talented workforce. Mm-hmm. And so companies are looking everywhere to find them. Um, and so how do they attract them? And, and today it's different than yesterday. Um, you really, the way I look at it is companies really need to have a heart. Right? They really need to show and act that they care. That's what attracts these millennials today, the, the workers today. They want to work for a company that actually provides something back to their society, back to the world, versus just worrying about their bottom line. Yeah, and I think companies that weren't prepared for that, right? They don't even, they just have always thought, well, we're successful, so that should be enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone will be, everything will be taken care of, but that's just not the case, right? Um, today, you really need to be, you need to provide a positive culture for employees to be able to work in. They can't just be, you know, feel like they're underappreciated, uh, not cared about, even though they might have good pay. They need to have a positive culture that they're excited about. They needs to be diverse. Um, they, you know, they don't want to go to an organization that they feel like everyone's the same and they have group think. Um, they kind of come from the same background. They want diversity. It's very, very important to them. Why? Because they're stronger. They learn more. Um, they adapt. They feel like it's the environment that they grow up in, you know, worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're, 
you know, back in the day when you were a child, you grew up in your neighborhood or your city, and that was kind of your circle of influence. Today, with the internet and the connections that people have, it's worldwide. And they don't want to go into a place to work that feels like it's just one dimension, mm-hmm. right? They want to feel like they're part of a worldwide organization and they have diversity across the, the space and many different aspects of, of diversity. Um, and again, I, like we talked about, I mean, social impacts and issues are big. Um, employees want to work for a company that does give back. You know, you're starting to see some of these initiatives some from big corporations, you know, the Fortune you know, the Fortune 500 companies are now starting to wake up to these things. They're providing not just lip service when it comes to these things, but they're trying to provide time for people actually to go provide service hours. Um, they encourage that. They post that. Um, it's a big initiative for their team events that you're seeing. It's not enough just to go golfing or, you know, <laughs> something like that. They mm-hmm. actually want to provide service back to the community. Maybe they're looking for ways to, you know, feed the hungry. Um to help some of the homeless, right? To build homes. You start to see these things from, from teams at these corporations because that's what people want to do, right? They want to feel like they're actually helping others. Well, and when you think about then going globally and, you know, go into different markets, you know, how do you become that connected so that you really can compete, right? So it almost feels like you need to do some things in advance, like share your story well and be connected at a local level or at least be kind of really good global corporate citizen versus just, you know, going yeah. in and not, you know, how do you, how do you get that person at a local level to recognize and be aware that you're this really great company? Yeah, and, and, and that, that's a great question, right? How do they how do they understand that? And they and they will go out to different places on the web to find out about your organization if mm-hmm. they want to work there. They'll see what's been posted. They'll they'll find those things that what what employees are saying about your company. Um, it's also import, important to understand the culture of what you're trying of where you're trying to hire mm-hmm. um, again and celebrate that culture. Right? Not not enough just to know it as a company, but celebrate it. Right. And, and what that means, it might be a certain holiday or it might be an event that's important to that that culture, that part of the world. And make sure that, you know, the rest of the organization is aware of that. And then they feel they feel celebrated because they're from that culture. And I think that's that's one of the ways to to attract the talent internationally, because, again, the war on talents here. And so people are trying to find, you know, especially in the high tech sector, whatever the case might be. I mean, they want to find this talent, these employees anywhere. I mean, they're willing to, you know, we help a lot of companies in that sense, just try to hire someone where they normally don't go, but they need the talent. And so it's important that they understand the culture and that they celebrate it internally. Um, and so that the, so that employee actually feels welcome and actually unique to that organization um, and, and being able to provide something different than the company's had in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like good pay is a really just a benchmark, right? It's kind of the, oh, okay, I might even consider them, but then all the other pieces really come into play as to where they decide to go. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, because the emerging markets today internationally, that they are growing, you know, fast and, and pay increases are on the rise for sure. I mean, to your point, good pay, it, it's table stakes. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just have to, that, that's just a given. 
right? That needs to be delivered. But then it goes on beyond that. And how are you going to be able to attract those people? And how are you going to make it feel like they're celebrated in their organization um, and that you actually care and you're aware of their culture? So that's pretty, that's a big burden for a company. You know, in the past, it used to be, let's just hire someone and get it over with. Now there's the, how do we become a great company first and then find the right talent, right? There's a lot more work. It's almost like, you know, before you can find that person you're going to marry, you better make sure that you're in good shape, right? So that you can really attract it because the market is tough. No, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, you, you think of, you know, and a lot of this has fallen on kind of the HR part mm-hmm. of, the, of the company, right, to kind of to, to make them attractive, so to speak, um, to those potential employees. And, you know, you have gone to the days of HR when they kind of just worried about policies and enforce those policies. Now they really have to be, you know, culturally minded. They need to be socially aware, right? And they need to be adapt to what's, what's going on in the world today. Yeah. Right, that the perception of their company, they need to work on their brand, right, internally right. and externally. Um, they're a part of that. It's and almost like it's a marketing effort, isn't it? I mean, you're really it, marketing it, it yourself there's, out there. There's an aspect to that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. there is. Mm-hmm. So, with, from a hiring perspective, you had alluded to this and mentioned that you know you can't be looking in the same places. But what are some of the trends you're seeing when you know companies are looking for top talent? Because one of the things I've noticed is. There's areas where, you know, used to be Eastern Europe, and I know that still is for a big part and, you know, certain areas, but mm-hmm. even those, those are getting tougher now. I mean, I imagine the same thing is yeah. happening in Asia and everywhere else. So what, what, is, what is the trend? Where are companies going to keep finding people over time? Well, I mean, that, that, is, that is the challenge they're, they're tasked with, right? Um, what is going to be, you know, the companies that can hire internationally and get the top talent, they need to make sure that they're flexible. Right. Mm-hmm. Flexible with work hours. Right. Again, go understanding the cultures, make sure you're flexible with that. You know, you're going to have a little different vacation policy if you're hiring somebody from, you know, a European country than you would maybe in the U.S. And you need to understand those things. Right. And you need to celebrate those and not not make it feel like they're missing out because that's where they're from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. They need to have that flexibility as, as an organization. And then, you know, remote remote workers. That's going to continue to be a trend. That's not going away. You know, you used to centralize everybody in an office building and you would have kind of controls and you can kind of, you know, have, you know, uh, just you could have that that water cooler talk, right, as, as an organization and, and employees can get to know each other that way. So now you have to understand, okay, they're remote. How do we make them still feel like they're part of the group or part mm-hmm. of the company or part of the family is really what they're looking for, right? Right. So they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves and you want that to be your organization. So how, what type of tools are you going to put in place? What type of ways are you going to let your, you know, your employees communicate with each other so they, get, they feel like they're part of it, even though they might be the only person in that country that works for your company. So that will still be something that companies will have to work with. And then also, you know, how do you promote, this is the other thing is not, not only socially, how do they get along and how do they talk when they're remote, but how do you keep people still developing? Right. Right. I think that, I think that's one of those areas where, you know, there's sometimes there is a lot of lip service when it comes to development of an employee. And, And one of the things you have to think about is, you know, these, these younger workers, they want to continue to improve and progress 
not just as a worker for your company, but as an individual. And so you kind of have to tap into that and understand how your organization can play in that kind of progress for them as an individual. And if you're able to tap into that, you're really going to be able to help hone and find the right talent because people are going to be attracted to that. Because they see if I go to your company and I can improve and progress, then boy, I'm really going to be a better person and I'm going to be more valuable in the marketplace and in the world and in my society today. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's right. That's a fantastic transition because what are some of those factors that contribute to employees wanting to stay and be loyal to a company? Because, you know, again, so let's say they're more remote. We have to figure out how do you make them feel like part of something? How do you keep them going? I mean, what are those kind of things past good, you know, beyond good pay that will really truly keep someone and not just in there, but also thriving, right? Yeah. I mean, again, how, how do you show the heart of the organization, right? That you actually have a heart. And, and that is what you're going to need to do to not only attract those people, but to keep them there. Because, you know, sometimes you can attract somebody with, you know, maybe some lip service. And, and quite frankly, a lot of millennials believe that, right? Two thirds believe that, you know, these leaders today and, and organizations, they only give lip service when it comes to diversity, to be inclusive and those type of things. And, and what they mean by that is they're finding that out once they get in the door, right? right? And they're realizing, oh, you said X, Y, and Z, and that's just not the case. I mean, I remember of an organization that I have seen in, um, in the past, right, where, you know, diversity was a huge thing for the organization. They were putting all types of initiatives together, and it was, it was celebrated, right? But the reality of it is, and I remember being invited to go to one of their, one of their meetings, because this was one of the issues that they were talking about. And, and, during, and during one of this big rally, you know, 13 people came out as the top leaders of this group. And all 13 people looked like they could be brothers or cousins. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were so similar. You know, it was, it was embarrassing for the, you know, 700 people that were actually there. Because you had conflicting messages. Right. right. Let's celebrate diversity. Let's do all these things. Oh, by the way, here's the 13 people that run this part of the organization and they're chest bumping and stuff like that. And you could barely tell them apart. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's a problem. Right. It really so came across really bad. Yeah. It's like um, this obvious hypocrisy, was, right. That it's so clear to someone. It was, it was to blatant. Say, it was blatant. Right. right? They, they, they all, they all keep in the same, you know, <laughs> the same zip code, right? I mean, it just, it was just not diverse at all. And, and, and this was a worldwide organization, right? And it was, right. it was obvious. And that's the type of lip service that a lot of these people feel. So they need to understand that you're not just giving them lip services, but you really do care about these initiatives. And that goes back to helping people progress, right? Of all different races, all different ethnicities, all different religions, all of those things. It doesn't matter, right? Let's help everyone progress and let's promote the people that we feel like are doing the best in the organization. And it shouldn't always be the exact same people. Right. Right. And so I think that's important that they actually see that and feel that because when they do, they're going to stay, right. They'll stay because they feel like this company has a heart. This company cares about me and what they're trying to accomplish in the society today, not just their bottom line. Right? Absolutely. Not just what their stock is for today, right? 
you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that, you know, the people would like to have opportunities to progress and to continue to develop. And you know, one of the things I just recently went to this advanced uh, manufacturing and industry 4.0 conversation yeah. where yeah. they're really struggling in finding people with the skills that they have. And they're realizing that they actually have to um, grow their own talent, if you will, and partner with the yeah. schools and develop programs so that, robotics and AI and IOT and blockchain and, you know, whatever all these skills are that are <laughs> needed coming up that they can develop. And so companies don't just have to become really good at their product and marketing and that sort of thing, but they also now have to become teachers and trainers and or at least connect with other companies that and partner with companies that can help them do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you're talking about like, you know, industries, industries, sorry, industry 4.0, you mm -hmm. might want to edit that, but you're talking about industry 4.0. And, and that's exactly right. Because, you, you know, back in the day, you might rely on, you know, their education that this person's coming from, from whatever business school or, or, you know, whatever the case might be that they're kind of prepared to step in and, and be able to, to hit the ground running. Well, like we talked about today, the technology is developing so fast that schools are having a hard time keeping up. Right. And so what's what's happening is there's there's a lack of of good workers in the workplace. Therefore, there's the war on talent for those people that are. But now companies not only have to, to your point, right, worry about marketing and making sure that they're building things properly and they understand the marketplace and all those things. They have to teach their people. Right. They truly have to develop them. Right. In these you know unique markets around robotics, AI, right, blockchain, all of those things so they can fully understand it and take take the because the companies that can understand that and have the people that can implement those things at their organization are going to be very successful in the future and all the more reason why those companies still care enough to train but to keep them there and to be you know i just read an article the other day that talked about you know unfortunately the you know it was, it was you know because it's the war on talent so great that if you want to raise today in today's market you need to go find another job, right? And you're going to leave that company. Um, that's if they're only talking about pay. And mm -hmm. how sad is that? If a company goes and tra trains and teaches and actually cares and, and puts those people in place, they need to make sure that they're thinking about not only people they're trying to bring in, but making sure that they retain their top talent. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times they focus on, oh, we need to bring these new people in. And maybe the pay gap's different. Maybe their benefits are different. Maybe they're being more flexible with the new people coming in, not with the people that have been there the whole time, right? Or have been there for a few years. They need to be aware of that because when that happens, you're going to start losing some really good people because they're going to feel like they're not taken care of or they don't, you know, they're not seen as the new person anymore, even though they have all your talent. Um, I don't know if I, <laughs> you might want to stop right there, but I, I hope that makes sense, right? That it's let's make sure that we really focusing on teaching and developing our people to be able to handle the skills that are needed for the future and have a heart enough to care for them, not when we just bring them in, but make sure that we retain them and we continue to push that message along um, for that organization. 
It's interesting in business and, you know, we've always learned that it's always much more expensive to find a new customer than retain yep. and maybe upsell or reutilize a, a current customer. Well, the same thing is happening with your employees. It's really easy to just take your current customer or your current employees for granted and not realize that by training them and by continuing to develop them and by moving them in other and challenging them and bring, you know, keeping them as a really good employee is going to be a, a lot more efficient and more, you know, less costly in the long run and yes. frankly more successful in the long run. Yeah. I think a lot of companies just think that they kind of have a base and they're going to be okay. Right. Okay. They right. got their bases covered. And, and unfortunately, that's just not, not, they need it. They need to focus time and effort there as well. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of employees, I was just looking at some statistics, many people and especially younger people, they, they know that they don't have the tools necessary for these next mm -hmm. positions. So for them to make a decision on a company that they want to be with and stay with that company yep. needs to kind of remove that fear and help them to realize that they will provide them for that future and they will train them and they will keep developing them. And so they don't have to quickly job hop or find something else so that they can be competitive. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and a lot of times more now than ever, in my opinion, right. Com that burden is now falling on companies to do. Um, they're not going to be able to rely on, you know, and it, at some point the schools will catch up and all those things will, will get there. But it, it does seem like there's a lag right now. The companies really have to develop their people and bring in the skill sets that they need. And to your point, you know, those younger people don't feel like they have it. But if they're if they can see that it can be accomplished at your organization, at your company. Right. Well, they, you're going to build in loyalty right away because they all want to get better. Right? right. Not just at their job. Right, but as a person, and and again, that goes back to what we've been talking about. What's the diversity like at your company? What's the heart of the company? Do you care about other things in the bottom line? How are you giving back to the community? All of these things matter, and if that employee feels that, you're going to have a good employee for a long time. You know, that's a. It sounds really great, and I think we all want to be those sorts of companies, but it's not that easy, right? That requires a whole lot of, you know, really courage by at the leadership level. It requires investment, which may or may not have been planned. It requires the skills of managers all the way through to really be able to do that, which probably they're not prepared to make this sort of change happen in their companies either, at least not many of the companies that I've seen. Yeah. And we're at a crossroads, really. I mean, you mm -hmm. start. You, you saw some some companies have been able to adapt and do well with that. I mean, I'm not. You know, I think we're celebrating. You know, what release of the iPhone today? But you know, I think you know some of those companies, right? Like Apple, they face this. I mean, you could have bought stock at Apple for for a couple of bucks. You know, back in the early 2000s. I mean, crazy, crazy that mm -hmm. that was available because you know that. You know what if you you know know the history of some of the the focus of the company at that time was all about the bottom line right. and now you know there were some changes made and you know we all know the story of steve jobs coming back to apple and and really developing things to you know care more about the bot than the bottom line but let's create you know they create great products for people right that's right let's create great software that that works together and cares you know let's develop our people that 
to care beyond more than the bottom line. And now look what Apple's done today, right? I mean, some of those, those principles that you can see in those examples that exist, um, but other companies, more traditional companies are now facing, they need, they need to address them if they want to be successful in the, in the years to come. Absolutely. Because competition isn't just U.S., uh-huh. right? Companies, sometimes they think they're competing with their neighbor down the street or in the next state. Uh, they don't realize that, you know, the next big thing could actually be coming from Brazil, right? Or some other country that they're not even aware of or a competition they're not even aware of that's doing things right that will start taking the talent in their backyard. I'm definitely seeing that. I'm seeing companies hiring people all around me that are coming from all over, and that's U.S., and we know that we are all looking all over the world and doing the exact same thing. So it is absolutely a a global competitive market, and that requires a whole other level. And that's, I mean, I think what one of the amazing things that your company does so well is it really takes a you know, kind of that worry away and the ability to really yeah. be competitive and look anywhere in the world. People don't just have to look in their backyard now. Exactly. Yeah, we, we certainly do that. We help, we help companies um, take advantage of the marketplace outside of the United States for sure. So Adam, is there anything that I should have asked about this? Anything you want to make sure that I add before we, um, before we conclude? No, I, I think you got it covered. Fantastic. Thank you again. So absolutely. So yes, it's going to require, you know, leadership with fantastic decision-making skills and the ability to really share and be and walk the walk and talk the talk, right? So Adam, thank you so much for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you as our guest. Um, Make sure that our listeners, please join the resource hub on globig.co. And if you're serious about doing business internationally, we have fantastic experts just like um, Global Upside and their whole companies in our marketplace and we look forward to seeing how we can help you go global faster, easier and much more compliantly. So also subscribe to this podcast channel for more fantastic international expansion podcasts. Thank you.